0: A Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103 I'm going to talk about one of my favourite subjects to kick off the Sunday Grill this morning my first guest creates my favourite part of any meal the dessert J.R. Ryle is the award winning pastry chef who works at Ballymaloe House in Cork where his dessert trolley is world renowned now he's created the book Ballymaloe Desserts to help us recreate at least some of that dessert trolley at home J.R. will also be at all together Now in Waterford this bank holiday August bank holiday weekend but before that she's with us on the phone on the Sunday Grill this morning and you're very welcome Jor.
1: Oh thanks Orla very generous introduction delighted (laughs) to to be here chatting to you today
0: I'm very excited to talk about this because I always think when it comes to my three courses and look a lot of us don't get to three courses I would rather choose a dessert than a starter
1: Yeah you know quite a lot of people I think more and more are falling into that category now And in Ballymaloo, we have a dessert trolley that gets wheeled through the dining room as the evening commences. So for people who aren't a dessert person, they get a glimpse of the trolley and suddenly they see something that might be for them and they save a little bit of room. (gasps) So unlike a lot of restaurants where people might skip the dessert at the end, actually everyone in Ballymaloo always has a little dessert. So even for people who don't have a sweet tooth, there's always something on the trolley for them.
0: So explain the trolley to me. It's a vintage trolley, is that right?
1: Yeah, well, there was always a trolley in the dining room here. So the restaurant opened in 1964, so that's over half a century ago. Mm. And a carpenter in the farm made the trolley. And every day, Myrtle Allen would write a menu, and the dishes that were prepared would be put on the trolley, and they would be brought from table to table, and people could have a little or all of what they wanted.
2: Wow. So um,
1: it was, yeah, a, a really nice way to be able to showcase whatever was seasonal. So the dishes would literally change daily. So I still planned the menus the way Mrs. Allen taught me. And we have six different desserts in the trolley every night. Um, At the moment, we have lots of fresh, fruity things because, you know, we're just at the start of the Irish fruit berry Mm -hmm. season. So it's very exciting. Everything's very colourful and fresh. And then in the winter, we have more of the kind of the toffees and the, you know, all the richer puddings that people love in the darker months. Mm. So um, there's always something really good no matter what you're into on the trolley.
0: And do you still allow people to have a little bit of everything if they want?
1: We do and we encourage Um, it, you know, and sometimes if it's someone's first time in the restaurant, they feel a bit nervous. Uh, getting a bit of everything. But we always say to them, look, try a little bit, you know, you know, it really can be a small bit. Uh, You know, we're not trying to give people more sugar than they need. Of course, we should have sugar in moderation. But um, small amounts of really good things. That's the way we approach dessert.
0: Yeah, and it's funny what you say about seasonal. I had the most phenomenal, and I've never had it before, cherry crumble. Now there was definitely apple in it as well during the week. There's a really gorgeous, and in a place where I live in County Wexford, they have a You know, the dessert fridge. So when you walk in, it's the first thing that hits you, even though you might be going for brunch. And their cherry um, crumble was phenomenal.
1: Oh, I bet. And cherries are just coming into Mm. season in Ireland this week. So if you're lucky enough to live near somewhere that grows cherries, you'll probably see them at the farmer's market. Uh But if you see them on restaurant menus... Um, it's probably a safe thing to get the cherry dessert right now. It should taste really good.
0: And is that what you say usually, if something's in season? You know, if you're having an apple tart in January, will it not taste as good as an apple tart, say, in August or September before the apple fall?
1: Yeah, well, that can be the case, certainly. Mm. Now, we're lucky enough in Ireland with apples that we grow enough that we can store them into the winter. Okay. So we're still eating our own. But definitely, take the last month, for example, gooseberries were in season. So okay. if you eat a gooseberry dessert in June, you know, it's going to dazzle you. But if you eat one you know, later in the year with berries that might have been frozen or, you know, who knows where they've come from. Mm. Um, you know, it's just not going to be as good. So if you can generally pick the seasonal things on the menus, you know you know they're going to taste better. Yum. You know, you're helping the local farmers too. Oh, so totally. So it's sort of a win-win.
0: Yeah, and being sustainable yeah. as well, if you think about it.
1: Of course. Well, that's, that's what sustainability is really. They're the choices we make every day. And um, so restaurants like ourselves, you know, we think about that when we're planning the menu. But also when you're deciding what to order, you know, it's really nice to have that... Um, sustainable mm. message in the back of your mind is you know you know you'll get a really good thing to eat then
0: mm-hmm. So you started off in Ballymaloo when you were just 15
1: Yes I did um, Well actually for me it started a little earlier than that so growing up I was a big fan of Doreen Allen's Simply Delicious show Okay um, anyone who was around in the early 90s will remember it with the big you know her iconic uh-huh. red glasses yeah and I still vividly remember the first show I ever saw and she was making a fruitcake in this big red basin mixing the fruit and uh, it really just it, it sort of I, I don't know it, it grabbed my attention and I was always interested in Ballymaloo from that moment
0: and were you from so close I- to Ballymaloo then
1: um, I'm from North County, Cork, but actually okay. very fortunate that an aunt of mine worked at the school, Evelyn. Okay. And when I was four, Evelyn took me on a tour around the school, and I met Doreen at the end of the tour, and she signed her book for me and wrote a message inside the cover saying, for J.R., he'll be a great chef when he grows up. Oh. So I sort of sowed a seed. And uh, then, yeah, when I was a teenager, I did a course at the school. It wasn't for kids. It was a regular adult course, just a short two-and-a-half-day course because this course is running at the school all the time that mm-hmm. um, people can book into. So my mother gifted me one for my birthday. And then I just got to know the gang here. I volunteered in the kitchen. And then Rory O'Connell offered me my first job, which was a Saturday shift in the pastry kitchen. And wow. it was exactly what I wanted. I just felt like I'd found my tribe. That's you know, I wanted to cook as a child. And, you know, some people, I I often think it's harder in other professions. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to be a doctor, you have to wait until you're 30. Mm-hmm. You know, so much preparation goes into the study. Whereas I wanted to cook. And as a child, I could cook. Now, obviously, I was making cakes and cookies, but, you know, it, it was so nice to be able to do what I wanted so young. Um, yeah, and I just fell in with malu and really loved it. It sort of dazzles me. And, um, yeah, maybe you can tell I, I'm still quite, uh, still quite passionate about it. How fabulous.
0: Oh, now I want to give up broadcasting and become a Pastry chef today. The truth that sounds lovely. Yeah.
1: Well, I was going to say. Well, I've so I've just um, written the book, so there might be something in that for you. Yeah. If you need a stepping stone into the world of pastry. I might
0: find my forte in life. Let's talk a little bit about the book because you have created Bali Malu Desserts, which has 140 dessert recipes in it. That's kind of awe inspiring. Um, like, are these desserts throughout the years that you've created?
1: Yeah, they are. So I've. Uh, So the idea for the book started about 10 years ago Mm. when Hazel Allen, who was the manager of Ballymen at the time, said to me, would you think about writing a little book to sell on the hall table of the restaurant? And uh, at the time, I don't know, I just, I didn't, I couldn't quite picture what the book was like, so I sort of sat on the idea. And then, a few years ago, I got the ball rolling on it, and then I really started to try and think, you know, what could the book be? And what it's turned into now is, it's a collection of recipes that gets us through the year, and they're really the essential recipes that you'll find on the dessert trolley. But they're really achievable and accessible to home bakers as well because of our style of cookery. So whether you want to make something really simple but nail it mm-hmm. or you want something show-stopping, you know, it's in the book. And there's a really good variety of dishes um, because that's you know, it's sort of what we're all about, really. It's, and like we were saying earlier, it's very produce-focused. But things really you could make any month of the year from Mother's Day to Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. You know, there will be something for a party or for a weeknight supper.
0: What's the showstoppers? What What are you talking about when you say the showstoppers?
1: Oh, so if you wanted to make something uh, slightly more uh, elaborate or, you know, when you pull it out, your friends are literally going <laughs> to gasp. And this is, you know, these, these are the ones for Instagram. Looks it great. might be something like the strawberry shortcake.
2: Oh, yeah. It's yes. almost
1: got this sort of geometric design in it. And, um, you know, and. Kina Prendergast, who's the photographer for the book, she, she lives in Connemara, and did such a great job of capturing the dishes. And they illustrate the recipe so nicely so you can really create the look, you know, of something that will dazzle people. So the strawberry shortcake would be one. The Gatto margarine, something people mightn't have heard of before. Mm-hmm. It's a very rich chocolate dessert with uh, layers of nutty meringue, and then mm-hmm. there's a praline buttercream, a cherry liqueur buttercream, sandwich between it. And it's, you know, it just takes people by surprise how delicious it is.
0: And how long would that take you to make then?
1: Something like that might take, um, you know, a morning or an afternoon in the kitchen. So that would be a dish where, you know, you really want to be at home and, you know, you put on your favourite radio show, put on beat and, you know, you start cooking. Um, But then there's dishes that literally take a couple of minutes to prepare. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's one recipe that literally explains how to sugar a peach, which is where you slice it and toss it with sugar and lemon juice. And Yum. something like that can also really surprise someone.
2: Mm-hmm. When you
1: give them something they think they know, but if you've ever had a peach that really tastes like peach because you've done the right thing to it, you know, those things are really memorable. And then people will tell you a year later, they say, God, I still remember eating those.
0: Oh, like, yes, exactly.
2: And,
1: you know, so some of the desserts are really simple. You know, it literally takes a bowl and a knife or even... Um, there's one dessert that looks really impressive, but, you know, it's very easy to prepare. It's a little raspberry, almond tartlet. It's actually three ingredients in it. So, you know, anyone would have what they need at home for that one.
0: My mouth is watering right now. Um, it's called Ballymaloo Desserts. You travel for two months of the year to experience other <clears throat> desserts. Is that right? <laughs> yeah,
1: I do. It's, it's a really unusual position for any chef to be in. <laughs> Usually people have to quit their job to, to you know, get a backpack on and you know, go far away as they can, whereas um, I take January and February off each year. It's it's an arrangement. I'm very fortunate to have a Ballymaloo. Mm-hmm. And um, so I usually get away as far as I can and sort of work my way home. So I've gone east and west. I've been around Asia and Southeast Asia, you know, Australia, South America, um, I've fallen in love with Mexico recently and I go to the US a bit as well. I have a few friends there and it's always f- fun to sort of peep into their kitchens and get ideas. And is it all and about seasonal stuff
0: for them as well? Like I'm sure there's um, you know ingredients yeah. in Mexico that you would just never get here.
1: Oh I mean it's it's so amazing. You know when you're know when you like me and you're really interested in food you it's, it's so exciting when you see ingredients that are unfamiliar to you and see how people handle them and in a way it's not that I'm trying to bring those back to Ireland or Ballymaloo but it's very interesting to see what people do regionally with their ingredients. And likewise, then, if someone's traveled from far away and they come to Ireland, they love to see our fresh produce Mm. and how good it is and how we handle it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really nice for the shoe to be on the other foot and for me to be able to to have a day out and see what my friends are doing in other countries. Of course. um, Yeah, I mean, you know, when you love to eat, you just it's so nice to experience other cultures. Mm -hmm. And food's so universal that people are really generous. They let you into their kitchens. They let you taste their meals. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really become part of my, my, um, my yearly tradition to get away.
0: And it's so interesting because it really tells you the history and culture of people as well. You know, why we make with the certain foods that we
1: have. Oh, absolutely. And when you see that, then I realise when I come home, what we have here that's really special. Mm. Things we take for granted that when we have a visitor in Ireland or, you know, somebody comes to Malou. That crisp buttery biscuit that they have yes. with their first cup of tea on arrival. Uh-huh.
0: Or that you bread know, and butter pudding or something. You won't find in
1: Turkey. Mm-hmm. You want. Exactly, you know, or the perfect golden topped rice pudding or whatever it's going to be. Things that are unique to our culture. They're things that set a memory for visitors here. So, you know, they're the things we travel for. And uh, so I love to see what other people do. And then mm-hmm. it sort of makes me appreciate what I have as well here in Ireland. And you have
0: one of my, possibly my favourite dessert in the 140 recipes in Ballymaloo desserts and a, re- a a dessert I have never, have yet to see in restaurants and I wonder if it's a very Irish thing as well, it's baked Alaska, I just, and maybe I love baked Alaska because I don't have it that much because it's incredibly sugary.
1: It's one of the sweeter desserts <laughs> but um, again, you know, a small slice of something good mm. and, but yes, it's in the book It it had to be in the book, so it's something uh, that we sometimes make for the Sunday lunch dessert mm-hmm. trolley at Ballymaloe. It's great fun. You know, when people see it, they, that's definitely one of the desserts they mm-hmm. stop and save room for, you know, in the in the middle of their meal. And uh, you don't see it in restaurants that often. There's a little bit of interest in it again. Um, I've noticed the last time I was in America, I was in two very high-end restaurants, and there was just like, very ambitious version of the Baked Alaska where they spooned flaming alcohol over the meringue's torches. (laughs) A little little bit different to the one I grew up with. uh, Yeah, the tinned fruit. I know the tinned fruit, which would be essential for some people. Now, I've actually left it out of uh, my own recipe, but there's a couple of suggestions in it how you can make it really exciting if you want to push the flavour forward. But, um, yeah, so there are all these sort of nostalgic desserts that at the end of the day, you know, they're the things people really Mm -hmm. love. And often that's what we want to cook at home because, you know, we want things that uh, will make people really happy. I must also just um, thank the pastry team around me because um, you're the first person I've talked to about the book now and it took a lot of work over the last few years, but Anne Healy, Britta Cahill, and Emer have been in the kitchen working so hard over the last few years and have really supported me through all of this. So I'm delighted just to be able to say a big thank you to them oh, and to Dervil, the head chef of Ballymaloe as well because... Uh, they were really great and supportive through the whole project. Well,
0: fair play to them and it's a gorgeous book and um, Baked Alaska is, has become my Christmas dessert so I'm get, definitely going to try your one, Jr. and not go and buy the tin of fruit cocktail in the shops. So I'll try your one instead so I'll really wow oh, my guests. Oh, I'm delighted. <laughs> you're also going to be at All Together Now here in the southeast. Uh, the festival over the ba- yeah. August bank holiday in Portlaw. Um, you're going to be at Gr- not just Portlaw, Curramore House in Portlaw. Um, you're going to be at the Grub Circus Food Station so you're going to be showing off some of your desserts,
1: yeah, I am. I'm. I'm really excited. I was. I was at all together now the last time as well, a couple of years ago, and it was just fantastic. Oh, Joe does fab. an amazing job at Grub mm. Circus, and literally the best people in the country are going to be there. It's it's such a such a, a great corner of the festival to pop into. So um, I'm planning on doing a little demo with Kleena Prendigas, who was the photographer for the book. So the specially commissioned photography for the book. Uh, she looked after all of the images. Um, and I cooked the dishes. So we're going to talk about making the book. I'm going to demo one of the recipes. And is going to talk us through how you would photograph something. Because today everyone's so interested mm-hmm. in photographing the food. You know, we all have out the iPhone in the restaurant or even at home. And it's such a nice way to be able to share what we're making or the things we discover. So is going to give some tips on how she'd photograph a dish. So I think that should be, I'm hoping that'll be interesting for people. Because yeah, you know, it's something we all do a lot of.
0: Ah, well, that will be out all together now over the August bank holiday weekend in Curramore House in County Waterford. But in the meantime, Ballymaloo desserts, those gorgeous photos uh, by Kleena, as you said. If you want to check out Ballymaloo House, of course, yeah. they're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. But can I send people to your Instagram, Jr? because your food oh, photos do, are quite yeah. good. So,
1: yeah. so my, my, my own handle is J.R. Ryle, so Ryle. that's J-R-R-Y-A-L-L. And I post the dishes we make in the kitchen in Ballymaloo, so it's a bit of a behind-the-scenes. So anyone who is an ambitious baker, even just likes the look of, you know, interesting things as they're coming into season, uh, you'll find it on the account. But people can follow Ballymaloo as well, and they'll see the greater aspect of what we're all about here in the hotel and restaurant.
0: Gorgeous. my And what I will say about
1: the book, actually, so it is now available to pre-order on the publisher's website. There's some signed copies there, too. uh, But it'll actually be available countrywide on the 15th of September and okay. worldwide on the 12th of October. So we're really excited about celebrating that when the time comes. But okay. anyone wants the very first copies, they can pre-order it now and the publisher will get it to them on publication day.
0: Brilliant. Good stuff. Looking forward to it, JR. Thanks a million for talking to me. And next time in Wexford, you're in Wexford, you're going to have to pick up some of those phenomenal Wexford strawberries and do something with them.
1: I know. I was passing through Wexford two weeks ago and I got upon it and... They are, I mean, you really do have (laughs) the best strawberries.
0: They're out of this world. They really are. Well, look, it was lovely to talk to you this morning. And Bali uh, Maloo desserts out in September. Um, And best of luck with everything.
1: Thanks so much, Orla. The Sunday
3: Grill on Beat 102-103.
0: It's a Sunday morning here on Beat 102 and 103 and let's talk to actor Gareth Lombard. He's a gory native and he returns home to the gory little theatre to perform in the stage adaptation of Tuesdays with Mari, a book that means so much to so many. And this will be a special performance for Gareth too. He joins me on the phone with more details. Hi, Gareth.
4: Hi, how are you, Orla?
0: I'm really well, thank you. Well, Tuesdays with Mari, what a gorgeous book. I think the memoir sold something like 15 million copies worldwide. It was translated into more than 30 languages. It was on the New York Times national bestseller list for more than four years. So no pressure at all.
4: No, I know. Yeah, nobody knows it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But for people who don't know it, Gareth, how would you describe what Tuesdays with Mari is about?
4: Well, the basic storyline is that it's... uh, uh, an old professor reunited with a uh, a younger uh, student of his 16 years after he graduated from uh, the college that he was in. And they were very close while they were in college. And since that time has elapsed, uh, things have happened. The uh, professor has now been diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease and is on his way out, unfortunately. And many things have happened with the uh, the student as well. And so this is about them sort of reuniting and rekindling their their friendship, and it's also about uh, the professor teaching and passing on the wisdom mm. that he's gained by having to face into the inevitable death.
0: And almost like fleshing life out almost, isn't it? Like coming to terms with life and death.
4: Absolutely, yeah. It's very much sort of life lessons and, and things to be, you know, uh, considered and taken on and, and advice from a, an older, wiser man to a younger, maybe not so wise man.
0: And in this adaptation in Gory Little Theatre this month, that older, wiser man
4: is your dad in real life. That's right. So yeah. what, what, what's this like? I know you've
0: done so many uh, like plays and with your dad, but what's it like doing it with him for Tuesdays with Mari? Well,
4: I, I haven't done a play with him since I was 19, oh, so that's really? going back a while. Okay, Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a long time ago since we've worked together. So this must be pretty special
0: uh, then, Gareth, isn't it? It's
4: fantastic. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really special. And uh, it's great to be back in Gory. On the the stage where I started the whole thing, uh, and uh, to be doing it with Dad is yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's really special. I'm really really happy to be doing it.
0: Are you experiencing a different way? Like when it's your dad, is it is it funny to rehearse with him, or is it just how you would rehearse with no, anyone else? No, we're
4: both we're both pretty business-like okay. <laughs> we both like to get down to the work so we're both fairly professional uh the only difference is for them is that we're rehearsing every day during mm. the day normally what they do is because they're all amateur is because they have their own jobs and their own lives and they come in in the evening and do a couple of hours so so uh, when the professional setup it's it's sort of a nine to five uh working day you know mm. <clears throat> so it's a bit of a change for them and also they don't have as much time or we don't have as much time before the the show opens so it's a little bit more intense uh but the fact that there's only the two of us in it there's only you know that myself dad and and michael byrne who's directing in the mm-hmm. room we can get a lot a lot of work done so uh no it's been great so far it's day today's Thursday so it's day four of rehearsals
0: okay and it's on uh, on July 20th as well so not long until you're on
4: stage 20th which is Wednesday week and we're there 20th to the 23rd and the 27th to the 30th okay
0: and you mentioned there that the last time you were on stage you were 19 with your dad but Gory Little Theatre means a lot to you and your dad doesn't it
4: oh huge well I think dad's been here for nearly 60 years Mm. And uh, I started off here when I was, I think, eight or nine in in musicals, even less maybe. And uh, then they couldn't get me off the stage. So it was their fault, really, <laughs> that this has all happened. Uh, but no, it's yeah, it holds great memories for us. And um, it's uh, yeah, it's very significant that we're doing it here together.
0: Yeah, it'll be fab now. I wonder what your dad, because as you said, your dad is uh, an amateur actor and he takes part in lots of amateur dramas. So he has the nine-to-five job. Can you remember when you told him you wanted to be an actor and what his reaction was?
4: Yeah, yeah. They were a bit taken aback, I suppose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I suppose that dad was a solicitor in the town and, and his dad was a solicitor and maybe there was an expectation that I'd go that route. And did you ever think but, that? But... Uh, no, no. <laughs> maybe uh, no, not really. No, about fifteen or sixteen, I was pretty set, mind set up to to, mm-hmm. to go into acting professionally. And um, so, yeah, I just had to break the news to them. Then you know, <laughs> well,
0: it's worked out but pretty for But actually, well you no, know, they were they
4: were great. You know, I guess because they had so much involvement in it over the years, that they 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 were always very supportive, and they came to all my shows when I was in college, and uh, they've been coming to them ever since
0: good stuff well you've had quite the successful career so they can't say you went the wrong way or anything you've been in so many tv productions <laughs> and on stage as well but you will be in gory in your hometown and in the theatre where it all started in gory little theatre on july 20th to the 23rd then back on the 27th yeah. to the 30th the curtain is up at 8 30 it's tuesdays with Maury, a really special book and a really special stage adaptation as well Garrett, thank you so much for joining me this morning
4: My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103.
0: Well, we are hurtling towards All Together Now time at Curramore House over the August bank holiday weekend in Portlaw in County Washford. Um, If you've been to the two All Together Now festivals that took place before Covid, you'll know how special it is. The 20 foot wooden redwood stag installation sits on top of the road to nowhere. It's ready to welcome guests as we speak. The main stage is going up as well and there's lots of activity in the woodlands with new stages and areas being created for this third chapter of All Together Now one area to watch out for is the last city. And the man behind this concept is Bob Doyle. And he joins me this morning to tell us more on the Sunday
3: Grill. You're very welcome, Bob. Orla, thank you. Lovely to meet you. And thanks for having us on.
0: No bother at all. When I read this is 10 years in the making, explain that to me, La- the last city and how it's 10 years in the making.
3: Well, I suppose um, I've been working in the event sector for 10 years, but... I suppose a bit unfair to say this is only seen, <laughs> I suppose, let me backtrack, yeah. Um, it's just I've seen a lot of waste and inefficient use of materials, energy, and I don't just mean electricity, I mean people's energy, just in the way we create these amazing spaces, you know, mm. you go down to these festivals and you see these places and you're blown away. And, and I've been doing that for 10 years, mm-hmm. and, but before that I worked in construction, and and you see it through there as well and then you see it in your everyday life just how we think about how we use things reuse things don't use things mm-hmm. pass things on um and i suppose yeah it was it was yeah th- it could be done better you know mm. uh, so what would happen all- <laughs>
0: then bob say 10 years on up to today if you were creating an installation or a stage for a festival say you're at one of the many festivals that are on in ireland What would Mm. happen then when all the guests are gone and you start to break that down? Do they mostly go to a warehouse or is there a lot of waste involved then?
3: A lot of it does go to warehouses, uh, gets stored. um, But then like business is business, it costs a lot of money to store a lot of this stuff, you know. Um, So a lot of it goes to waste, you know. There's a lot of people that are trying their best Mm. to reuse, repurpose things. But it could be done a lot more, let's say, you know.
0: Yeah. So explain the last city to us. What will people see when they get to Curramoar and to Port Law for All Together Now over the August bank holiday? What does, how would you describe the last city?
3: I suppose it's somewhere between Waterworld and Mad Max.
5: Oh! (laughs) Right? Yeah. Okay. So
3: I'm trying to, about 90% of the area will be built with upcycled, recycled materials. So I've been on the scavenge for Like this, I agreed with all together now in 2019 to do this. And then obviously COVID came along and changed Mm. the plans for everyone. So I've been, yeah, salvaging, building materials, cladding, all sorts of weird and wonderful things. I won't give away too much, but uh, I've managed to pick up things that my friends are going, where did you get that, you know? (laughs) So there's things sitting in fields and warehouses all over the country that if you just think about it a bit creatively what you can do with them. So like the well factor is something I really want to make people feel like they're walking either forward in time Mm. is is, is the whole premise really, you know, Um, and the area is basically it's set in the future. Um, Woody's and TJ O'Mahony's isn't open we can't go down and just buy the stuff off the shelf so we okay. need to just use what we have available or what we can find and I'm sort of doing that and trying to create this area like, I don't want this to be a sort of a preachy thing about sustainability mm-hmm. and everything. I, I want it more a sort of a demonstration that we can still create that mm-hmm. wow factor, that amazing, whoa, look what they've done here by doing it a different way and having okay. less of a negative impact yeah. in doing so.
0: And very relevant. And is it big, The Last City?
3: Say again? Is it big? So it's it's all centered around a 19 meter dome, so a big geodesic dome. Uh, So it's a big structure. It's going to be housing that the stage is in that, um, and then there'll be a small bar area off the side. But it's mainly all centered around this dome. So it's a big enough area nestled nicely in the woods.
0: Lovely. So indoors.
3: Mm. Yes, indoors, outdoors. Okay. Um, Sort of a mixture of both. Okay. Um, I love the woods, spend a lot of time mountain biking, walking the dogs in the woods. So we want to I'm doing a different take on the normal way you'd see these domes and the way I'm covering it and doing a bit of weather protection because I want to feel like it's an inside, outside space. Okay. Like Fab. look what Covid's done, everyone's al fresco yeah. these days. Exactly. It sort of couldn't be done in Ireland, of course you we can, you know.
0: And let's hope we don't get the weather that we got from Altogether Now. <laughs> what was that, three years ago now? Because I've yeah, never gotten yeah. so soaked at a festival. Let's fingers crossed but if it is raining I will be coming looking for The Last City and lots of performances yes. and relevant people are going to be at The Last City as well aren't they?
3: Yes yeah, so we've got a mix of uh, participants, let's call them. So we've got music from solo singer-songwriters to bands, DJs, and then we have um, a few informative talks. So we've got on Tashka on board. Um, there's a climate ambassador coming in to have a nice interactive discussion. We've got some artists that want to do this. Again, it's all participant-driven. It's all about getting the audience involved in an interesting not just, it's not a lecture, you know? Um, it's just sort of having a fun conversations to sort of build people's awareness, maybe, maybe think about something a little bit differently. And, um, but yeah, so that's it. So we've got three different sections of workshops, talks going on. And specifically we've got, uh, one of them is uh, crowd native events. These guys are just, at the forefront of how they look at events they're involved in altogether now they're looking at the whole waste management program and campsites and and how that's all done you know so they're going to take to the stage as well and, and chat specifically about events and stuff like that you know and how we do it
0: sounds great uh, it's one of mm. eight stages that are up there, the last city Um. Lots on the website as well. If you want to check it out, of course. All together now is on from the 29th of July to the 31st of July. So it's flying in at Curramore Estate in Portlaw in County Waterford. That website is all Is there anywhere people can check out what you do, Bob, in general, if they want to check out your Instagram um, or anything?
3: We're fairly undercover. We haven't really got any, um, like it is 21.15, so Instagram's gone, you know.
0: You really are in a so gorilla people outfit. Are, yeah.
3: <laughs> people are really going to have to wait and see, but okay. they will be impressed. Well, how brilliant.
0: Yeah. yeah, and they will be impressed. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, you can check out all together now uh, at their website and their social media. And Bob, I'm really looking forward to seeing The Last City. It's a great concept. And thanks a million for coming on the Sunday Grill this morning.
3: Excellent. Thanks for having me. The Sunday Grill, on Beat, 102-103.
0: Well, Waterford Pride takes place in the city next month from August 19th till the 21st. But in the meantime, a Mr. Congeniality competition takes place to raise funds. It is on this month on Saturday, July 23rd at 8pm. Um, and our very own Nile Power and Shona Lyons from Beat Breakfast are going to be hosting the event. But Wayne Power, one of the contestants, is with me this morning. Is this a bit of an unfair advantage that you're on the radio instead of all the other contestants as well? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think so. No. OK, I don't think you, would, so. Say you yeah, would say that. You would say yeah. that. And I'm also joined by Jack Cunningham, who is one of the organisers of the Mr Congeniality competition and also a choreographer. So you're teaching all the contestants how to... Walk or dance? Yeah, so
5: we have a group of backup dancers, my own kind of dancers through my stage school and my production company, and they are going on with some of the lads to give them a boost. And then I'll be working with the acts then as well for whatever they need me for as well.
0: What good crack! This is like really good fun. Are you in rehearsal mode at the moment?
5: I am. I have my dancers kind of in the kind of every day, just working on it, chipping away at it. And then as we get closer, then we'll bring the we'll bring the lads in and put them all together and see what happens.
0: OK, and as we said, this is on um, July 23rd in the Theatre Royal in Waterford City. What can people expect from the night then?
5: Um, It's really just going to, obviously it, it is a fundraiser for, for Waterford Pride, which is the main thing, but it's just going to be a night of just laugh and crack and fun. All the songs the lads have picked—they're all songs that everyone's going to know. And for any, uh, you know, any of the gay community in the audience, they're all going to love it as well. So there's something there for everyone. Um, and I think the lineup of the lads is so so good that everyone's going to know. A good few of the lads in it, and we'll get a right laugh. And I've spoken to a few of them about what they're wearing, oh. and even the costume choices are going to be very okay. interesting. So,
0: and not every contestant is from the gay community, is that right? No, so okay. it's
5: it's really, really, it's a really wide kind of group of people involved in it, which is great because it just shows that, you know the support. That's out there for Waterford Pride, which is a great thing to see.
0: Are we allowed to say who some of the contestants are? We are indeed. Yeah. so quite well-known Waterford people like David Hennessy's in there, yeah. Richie Hayes, uh, Glenn Murphy, who, who of course went quite viral a few years with ago Adele, with, yeah. with Adele. And then I'm very interested to know who Fat Dunphy is. Fats <laughs> Dunphy,
5: everyone will kind of know him from Panto okay. and the Bilberry Goats. He... He opens his mouth and everyone just starts laughing. He's okay. he's absolutely hilarious.
0: So how does this work then? Like, what sort of things are you? What's your party piece, Wayne? Really?
5: Um.
6: Well, there's two rounds. So there is a swimmer round and uh, <laughs> and a showstopper round. I um, thought the
0: swimmer round would be the showstopper yeah. round. Yeah. Um,
6: so yeah, there's two rounds, and then there's, then there's I think there's a group number at the end, um, and we all have drag names as well, which will be kept under wraps until okay. the night itself. Um, I, personally, I can't wait. Um, I, I was asked, and then I turned it down. and I said, "No, no, I can't." And then I was like, "It's a really bit like Dancing with the yeah. Stars." And then I was, and then I was like, "You're actually dying to do this?" And I was like, "I am actually dying to do this." I said, like, "Yeah, go on." Like, the last two years, Covid's all been so serious. I said, like, "Yeah, let's put on a swimsuit and and mime to some pop anthems and like you know, like a good gay." And uh, yeah, I can't wait.
0: So you turned it down to start with, and then you said, "Yes, I'll do this."
6: I turned, I, I turned it down, and then I was like. Yeah, I, I, this 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 will be a bit a bit a bit of crack. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm kind of in lip sync mode at the moment and trying to get the the, the costumes together. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, I'm, I'm delighted with the with, with the with the two songs, delighted with the, with the name as well. Um, okay, you can't
0: tell us the name. Can you tell us the songs?
6: Um, I can you no, tell us no? Okay, okay. Until the night. But, okay. Um, the are two um two I, I would say two classics. And okay. um, I'm both very different as well. Um, so hence'll there be very different routines, okay. um, which I hope Jack can help me with because I am a, I am a bit of a dancer, but like not on heels or stilettos or okay. anything like that so that this will be a little bit different.
0: I've talked to you before, of course, I know you've you, you've done the broadcast course here yeah. in the Broadcast Centre in Beat and in WLR. Um, you're a poet, um, a very far step away from Mr. Continuity, yeah. really, but you've done performances.
6: Yeah, I mean, like, my, my poetry um, will be quite, um, I think it's quite... Performance? P- yeah, and, and mm. it's quite urban anyway, so mm. a, a lot of people that are familiar with my stuff would know it can be quite Waterford and quite... Um, I, I kind of write about what, what's what's going around, go, 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 going on around me, and, mm-hmm. I ha- and I have poems like about people like Madonna and Shower from Eastenders that people would know. So you know, I, I'm familiar with my gay icons. So um, yeah, this, this this yeah, this will be something different from getting up and reading the poem. All right, we'll give it a go.
0: Okay, good stuff. And Jack, this is your production from Jack Cunningham Productions. What will the funds raised do for Pride in August? Then in Washford City, you
5: know, it's just gonna it's just going to allow for a really strong pride festival mm-hmm. to happen and obviously when waterford pride when the waterford pride was running a few years ago i was obviously very young so i just knew of it but for me and for you know my group of friends and my kind of age group nowadays i think it's great to have that there and to know that there's people who want there to be something there and they're working mm-hmm. so hard on getting something mm-hmm. there for us so it is it is really important and i think the most important thing for people to know, is that it is a fundraiser for a really good cause and mm. something that is needed in Waterford at this And as stage. I
0: said, it's hosted by our very own Niall and Shona from Beat Breakfast, but you have some phenomenal guest judges in there as Mr Pussy is going yeah, to be. He, and he's also judges. performing as wow. well.
5: So we have two performances on the night. Mr Pussy is performing and then my own musical that I'm doing in August okay. we're opening the show. So there'll be a performance from Anything Goes as Brilliant. well. And then it will be. And that's always la- very flamboyant. Always Everything goes. tap dancing sailors. Yeah. I mean, I c- don't think we could have picked out <laughs> either gay. But, very, very iconic. But it'll be it'll be a great night, and there there will be something for everyone in it.
0: Okay, good. And were people really willing to come on board? Because she was such an eclectic mix. Like Jamie Beamish from Derry Girls is one of the judges as well. Yeah, for example. and
5: Mary Roach then as yeah, well the is, is the other is the other judge. So I think from what I was told, I know the judges were all delighted to get on board, and with the lads, I know there was a few questions at the start, like oh, like. Right, well, who else is doing it? Like, am I (laughs) going to be the only one out there? But I know some of them were absolutely dying and I know some of them were like, yes, 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 yes. So there's, But they're all buzzing for now and they all kind of can't wait to get out on the stage.
0: What does Mr Congeniality mean? Who is, like, what's a perfect Mr Congeniality to you, Jack? The perfect Mr Congeniality? This is now giving stuff away for you, Wayne, Okay. (laughs) I think
5: it would be just someone who's willing to just, you know, go hell for leather on it and just have have a good crack and don't care what anyone thinks and just entertain people and make them laugh. That's the main thing with this.
0: So they're getting marks on their swimsuit section?
5: Getting marked on their swimsuit section. From what I know, they're getting marked on their overall presentation and then their costumes will come into it and then... I would say how well they get the audience going will will take into account as well. Okay.
0: And then, Wayne, where did your costume come from? Like, are you making it? Are you buying it in um, pennies? What's happening well, with I, it? I,
5: I, I did buy the
6: Showstopper from, uh, I won't name, the retailer. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so that's, that's bought. Okay, and, and you're happy pop- with
0: it? Well, it
6: it would need to be um, it would need to be sequenced up. I think okay. Um, there would be a few, a few little alterations made, and the, the swimwear needs to be bought as well. Um, <laughs> and I've been hitting the gym for the last month since of I course. said I was said I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going for a
0: one piece or two piece piece of swimwear? Do you think? No, a Maybe a two-piece. Okay, I'm
6: going yeah. to go and sort of, you know, all out. I said, yeah. why not? Like sure, you know why not? I might not do it again. Yeah. So I said, why yeah. not get it all out? Um, You know, I need to sell a book or you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I'm not for to it. And um, yeah, just get, get those last finishing touches in it and just once I'm, once I'm out there, then I'll just, just go for it.
0: Brilliant. And 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 then, you know, the the Glenn Murphys and the Richie Hayes of the world, they were so happy to get involved. As yeah, well.
5: and it's, it, you know, it's great to kind of have to have that as well because everyone kind of involved is from like a different area of somewhat performance which is great that it's kind of like you know Wayne with the poetry is coming together David and Jack and Fats and Richie from the stage are coming together you know Jonathan's also done other stuff so it's great to see kind of different groups coming together for this and they do all have great aspects of performance that are just going to stand to them on the stage. So. Oh, it
0: sounds like it's just going to be such yeah. good crack, and he can raise the roof. Yeah, of the hopefully, Cateroil hopefully that they will But yeah. I have
5: so much faith in them all because I know they're all they're all buzzing for it so it will be a great night
0: Brilliant and lots of dancers from your own theatre company Lots of well. yeah. and Brilliant. lots of good costumes for them as well Good stuff It, it is on in the Theatre Royal uh, TheatreRoyal.ie if you want to get tickets it's on Saturday July 23rd uh, Niall and Shona from Beat Breakfast are hosting it The guest judges are Mr Pussy Jamie Beamish and Councillor Mary Roach and it's all to raise funds for Waterford Pride that takes place in the city next month from August 19th to the 21st but in the meantime the date you need to know is July 23rd for Mr. Congeniality, a pride fundraiser. Wayne, best of luck. Thank you. I know who I'll be rooting for. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't be saying that. And of course, your third poetry book is out next year. Did you say? Um, Hopefully next summer. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get to chat to you then because you've lots of things to talk about. And Jack, congratulations! It sounds like it's going to be such a brilliant production. I think I'll have to be there. (laughs) Uh, Well done, the two of you, and thanks for coming in this morning.
3: Thank you. The Sunday Grill on Beat One Hundred Two One Hundred Three.
0: Beat One Hundred Two One Hundred Three. Well, from his sick bed, he is such a professional. We are talking to our Brian Griffin this week, and be still my beating heart. Thor is back. I have never seen a Thor movie, but I have great appreciation for Chris Hemsworth in Thor. This time it's Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, It's been described as a strange movie and not always in a good way but let's find out what Brian thought about this fourth installation from Thor and let's have a listen to this kind of odd trailer. I quite like this trailer Brian have you seen this at all in the cinema? It's kind of a long long ago type moment.
4: Kids get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the Space Viking. Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? old ex-girlfriend what's it been like three, four years
6: <laughs> eight years seven months and six days give or take
4: My I uh,
0: sensing feelings <laughs> <laughs> there you go that is Thor Love and Thund- Thunder a clip from and of course the Thor that you see is his ex-girlfriend Jane who is played by Natalie Portman do you want to explain this to us where we are in this
7: yeah, so it's it's kind of the first time we've seen Thor since after Endgame, because mm-hmm. as you remember, Orla, at the end of Endgame, Thor goes, gets on a ship with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you remember?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm.
7: So we were kind of lost as to what happens after that thing, because he's kind of like he doesn't know what he's doing himself. Okay. Which is, I suppose, it's a it's a it's something we can we can all agree with sometimes. And uh, yeah, so it, this starts off with him just like. He's he's too strong for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he doesn't have anything that really challenges him much, right, you know. And he's still like he's missing his brother. He's like he's he just doesn't know what he's doing with himself. Okay. But finally, he does find meaning in the form of Christian Bale's Gore, the God Butcher. Okay. Who obviously, obviously not going to be a friend instantly.
0: Yes. Well, uh, what is it? God Butcher doesn't bode very well yeah. for Thor um, I like you know I have said it at the start I've never seen a Thor movie you always laugh at me when I'm the presenter allowing you to review a Marvel comic movie is it, a, it is Marvel yes. Studios because it is, yeah, it is Marvel. <laughs> there's so many of them now that I cannot commit to any of them but I have to say yeah. the trailer of this one is so full of comedy that I think I would love it yeah, the,
7: the music in this is like, after after I saw it, I was immediately onto like rock playlists of like Sweet Child of Mine who was just playing repeatedly on my phone, like, you know, and it was just, it's just one of those movies that makes you think, like, it's just cool, do you know, it mm. is a cool movie. And it's like Taiko Waititi is like, I'm going to make a really cool, like, before he makes any decision, he's like, don't you know be cool. And then it's just, <laughs> it's just... It's like, do it's like, you know, like an 80s action movie? Mm-hmm. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. It's kind of that, but like like turned up to 11 and it's modernized, you know? It's like really cinematic as well. But like, it's just, it's silly as well, do you know? It's not the most professional, let's say, movie you're ever going to mm-hmm. see. It's, it's not going to be like nominated for Best Drama Oscar. Like, do you know what mm-hmm. mean? That, not in that kind of a way. But it's fun and it's silly. Okay. And I feel like there's not not that many those kind of movies made Lately, Lately, let you know.
0: And is that the way the Thor movies are usually?
7: The first two weren't right, but then Taika Waititi came in for the third one, Thor Mm -hmm. Ragnarok in 2017, and that was like that was just uh, really one of the best Marvel movies that have been made. It was just completely different. It was just Taika Waititi having fun with that one as well, Mm -hmm. and he's really been. I feel probably they've probably let him more ground to work with because of how well uh, Ragnarok went. Okay, and. It's just one of those movies where it's just it is it's definitely if you like Ragnarok, it's definitely on that same line. I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok, but it's definitely still really good. And obviously when you're when you have a movie and you add Natalie Portman and Christian Bale into the mix, it's not as if it's gonna be a bad movie as well, like, mm-hmm. you
0: know. Is this Christian Bale's first time in a Thor or a Marvel movie?
7: It's his first time in a Marvel movie, but not his first time in a comic book movie, as okay. you probably will know he was Batman in Oh, got, I the, did know that.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I did know that. I got that. you. I got you. <laughs> now, as I said but, uh, at the start, this has been descri- described by some reviewers as a strange, strange movie. They put two strangers in it and not always in a good way. Would you agree with that? Yeah,
7: see, it's a funny one because I was looking at some of the other reviews as well, mm. because obviously I immediately steal everyone's opinions on things. And it was, I've seen I've seen a two-star review, a three-star review, a four-star review, and a five-star review. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've, it's rare that you see such, like, a mix of reviews like that now. Like, you know, it's because I feel like just one of those things is either hit or miss with people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's people, like, they love the fun. They go into the silly, like, I'm a big fan of fun and silly, like, you know. But I think there's people that want it to be a serious kind of, like, proper movie movie. Do you know? And it's like, this is just a fun Escape type movie, if that makes sense. As yeah, well. i have heard like You're it on this a... great adventure into space. It's it's this fun thing. There's magic. There's there's gods. There's there's silliness. You know, and it's just it's just that kind of a movie.
0: Uh-huh. I've seen. I've heard it um, described as screwball, a screwball movie. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay.
7: Yeah, it, like everything. Everything is just yeah. It's it's like it's you're kind of waiting for a punchline of a joke, essentially, and okay. it's in a good I'd way. Though it's this. not just a
0: yeah. Yeah,
7: it's a pretty fun movie. It's, and it's Russell Crowe in there as well. Russell Crowe is in there, and he is plays Zeus. And normally, when people talk about Zeus, they're like, he's not as he's not as nice as made out to be, in all like like in modern mm. movies and stuff like that. I feel like this one paints him pretty accurately to what the the stories tell of him, as he's he's not the not the best guy.
0: And I but, uh, uh, I, I read one of the well. reviews that it was Zeus was modeled on a Harry Enfield character. A kebab shop owner.
7: <laughs> I mean, I could definitely see it. I could, like, he's, 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 he, he, he's one of those guys where you're like, no one man should have all that kind of a power. Do you know that kind of a way? Yeah. He's, he's this all seeing guy, but at the same time, he's, he's not, he's not, he's, he has his, <laughs> he has his um eyes set on other things, let's say.
0: How um, do you think, like, hardcore Marvel fans will feel about this installment of Thor?
7: Damn, that's a that's a hard hitting question. Uh, I feel I feel like people are gonna be like, it's it's gone too silly. I feel like that's kind of be some like this. If you go onto Twitter and you just mention the word Marvel, you're gonna get a death threat. So, Mm. like, it's 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 so divisive. The people don't really know what they want, but they know exactly what they want. If that makes sense, yeah. But I like this is another Ragnarok. It's like. Nah, quite not as good Ragnarok, but it's it's people like Ragnarok so it should be people should go, should go down well but I feel like people are going to complain that there's too much comedy in it. Okay. Um which is I don't think anyone can ever I don't think that's a valid complaint ever in life, but look people people like their own things. But it is one of those things that like people have been giving out lately the Marvel kind of go too comedic and stuff mm-hmm. with most of their things but and Taiko Waititi is definitely not the guy to dial back comedy. And that could be the complaint i could see but in terms of like cinematically like there's there's one scene now where it's like they completely take color out of it and i'm not going to go any further than that because anything else is a spoiler but uh it's 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 beautiful it's it reminds me of sin city remember mm. sin city mm-hmm. the black and white one it, it, it it's in that kind of a style and i really feel like it's a really beautiful way of showing the the world they've gone into.
0: Okay, I think I'm gonna go see this now. I also said I was gonna go see Elvis, and I never did. So I'll put it on the list of movies we that can't I want trust to see. the word you say, Orla I've, No, I've, we just can't. Stage, just to I know that. it's over for us, Brian. Let's black pudding, <laughs> Thor, Love and Thunder.
7: So I'll give it like a an eight or a nine, at like an eight point okay. five. I'd say.
0: Okay, that is healthy. It's, it's very fun. Yeah, eight point yeah, five. Very good. Black a lot of black pudding. That is a lot of black pudding for one Thor slash Chris Hemsworth. Helmer- yeah. His brother is in it as well. Is his brother playing his brother?
7: <laughs> okay, so his brother technically plays Thor. Okay. But like an actor version of Thor that like ah. basically Matt, Matt, Matt Damon and Liam Hemsworth, who are also in Thor Ragnarok, basically uh-huh. doing this. And Sam Neill as well, who uh-huh. was in Jurassic, Jurassic World and yeah. Jurassic Park. Basically, that's Odin, Thor, and Loki pretend like telling the stories of what like what happened in the other movies. Let's say so you can get up to speed with that. And there's also a there's also a Hela character who's Hela who's in Thor Ragnarok there's an actress comes in, a famous actress comes in and plays her as well. So
0: okay. It's, it's just I, it's basically just me. this fun play. Okay, yeah.
7: yeah Matt Damon is, is funny in it as well, to right. be fair. It's, yeah. such a random, it's such a random group of characters. I
0: love the randomness. of Russell Crowe is so random. I love that he's playing Zeus in this. So, yeah, I think you've got me. I think I'm going to set aside the three hours of Elvis and go for Thor, unless it's some ridiculous amount of time, is it?
7: It's under two hours, okay. but above one hour and 58 minutes,
0: if oh. that makes sense. Why did they do this? What's happened to 90-minute movies? Okay, 8.5 black puddings out of 10. Brian, thank you so much. We will see you in studio next week.
7: Hopefully. Here's
3: hoping. I can't get it again, can I? <laughs> <laughs> the Sunday Grill. On Beat. 102-103.